Isn't our God great today? He just deserves all our praises, all our honor, all our glory. They just bring up our slides. I thought of the snow on this slide. I just pray the Lord would cover us today. Just cover every square inch of our hearts and that none of us would be able to escape or get away from his dear presence. I believe we're all in one accord on that. And listening to the music and the songs and the atmosphere, it's just so good to be in a church where the Holy Spirit can have liberty. And I was uh, in my back study. Somehow the music was coming through loud. And uh, my, we have some really good musicians here. Amen. And I, uh, my, it's almost like an orchestra for our little church. The Lord's given us a really wonderful opportunity. And I want the church to remember um, the schedule, I'm not going to keep you standing much longer, but tomorrow night we are having a Bible study. Next uh, Sunday, Brother Andrew Dodd is going to be here. That's December the 10th for both services. On December the 24th, we're just having one service in the morning, no evening service on the 24th. There will be no service on the 27th. A lot of our people are going to be away that Wednesday, and then on the 31st, the last Sunday, uh, we want to have an evening service. Uh, we don't want to have it be a watch night service or late. So uh, maybe some of you could express your thoughts about that to me. Um, if we have a regular service or if we have it 7 to 9. Some have mentioned 7 to 9. Um, that's the last Sunday night of the year. But I don't want us to be out late that night. So maybe you can just express your thoughts to me and uh, the deacons and uh, Brother Steve and Brother Jake and the church. And, and I know it's a long day for those that travel and if we have it later. So I just don't know what's best for everyone. We want to do what's best for you. Amen. Let's turn to the scripture, Proverbs chapter 18, just so good of worship today. And what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother... Bill Lamb, today is his birthday, 69 years young. Happy birthday, Brother Bill Lamb. Hallelujah. We certainly appreciate him and Sister Rhonda. They've really been leaders in our church. And Brother Andy and Sister Esther and their family's really been a blessing in the cleaning and from the community center. And uh, into this new building, I visited the community center this past week, and I was just so happy that we could be here today. And uh, just concerning that, after all of these months and being in the new building, um, I asked Brother Bill and Sister Rhonda if they would be uh, willing to uh, accept the role of the cleaning in the church. This is a very, uh, something that happens uh, every, every week several times. And uh, many have given and volunteered, and, and uh, Brother Bill and Sister Rhonda have agreed to be the cleaners of the church. There, there may be times we need to assist them and help them. There's times, you know, as we've mentioned, he's not a teenager anymore, Brother Bill, and if there's times that he needs help or if we have snow or if there's an extra need, I'm sure all of us will be able to be mindful of them and as they serve us. Brother Steve Clark is the point person in leadership for this area. So if there's ever any need or concerns, uh, um, different ones are stepping up to help us. And I really appreciate that. Amen. So please direct all compliments to the lambs and any complaints to Brother Steve. Amen. And 
And uh, anything negative, just keep it to yourself probably. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I, this morning's message, my, I was just wrestling with it, even kneeling over here before the service. Lord, it's such a simple thought. And I hope no one stumbles around. It might seem shallow, but the Lord put one word on my heart this week, and that is friends. So I'm going to speak on that today, and I, I believe it's for someone. I want to be a friend of God's, but I also believe that all of us could maybe be better friends. I could be a better friend. And Proverbs 18, verse 24. Let's read it out loud together. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer. Does anybody know who that friend is? Closer than your brother, your sister, your relative? It's Jesus. One more uh, verse if you have strength to stand. In James chapter 2, I always like to take sometimes something from the Old Testament than the New Testament. It's like El Shaddai. He's our breasted one. It's the Old and the New Testament. I always think of El Shaddai. It's not just always one-sided. It's not um, just maybe one way, but there's all, always another way. And like a fretting, nervous child would need a comfort from its mother, um, it draws it to its breast and its bosom. I'm sure Sister Rachel Neighbor today is finding that out after 20-plus hours of labor. And, uh, and uh, congratulations to Brother Tim and Sister Karen. Amen. It's nice to have more grandparents in the church. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 23, just one verse, very simple. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham was called the friend of God. As the scripture says, and, and it was fulfilled, that Abraham, which is a, your father of the faith, my father of the faith, that we would also be carry that on. Don't be a rebellious uh, part of the family. Don't always be a person in the family that's um, always throwing in jabs, you know, and talking down at everyone else. Just, you're always spinning everything in a negative way. That's not the spirit of the family. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. Amen. I want the message today to reach every person. That was my prayer from the youngest to the oldest. There would be something in the meeting for you. So let's just enter into this thought of friends. And when James in our scripture... Uh, mentioned about Abraham being called the friend of God and the, as the scripture that it might be fulfilled. You might want to write down these two other places that it's written in, in the Bible. And that's 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7 and how the Bible speaks about the land being given to the seed of Abraham thy friend. Abraham thy friend forever. Isaiah 41 verse 8 speaks about Israel, Art thou my servant Jacob whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham my friend. So it's amazing that you could be called the friend of God. 
today I, I'm going to just be speaking from my heart and, and believe, you know, there's some people that do not have friends. It's kind of a lonely life for a lot of people. Uh, if you want to know how much Brother Branham spoke about this word friends, it's over 3,571 times in the message he spoke about friends. And from the very first message, 1947, when you open it up or you've uh, searched before the message, faith is the substance. The first recorded message of Brother Branham in 1947, um, within the, th the third paragraph, he's talking about friends, and he mentions it 46 times in that one message. I just thought, my, it was the first message of the whole recorded volumes that we have that he talks about friends 46 times in that one message. I thought it was amazing. I was looking at it this morning. He said, I was all alone yesterday. I, he had spent all of the Saturday, all the day before alone. But it, he said it was alone with the Lord. My, that'd be a nice day to spend with the Lord, wouldn't it? To know that you're never alone. And that, you know, this person that I'm speaking about, this friend, if he would come into the building today, I know that he's already here, but if he would just lay his arm around your shoulder or would draw your head to his bosom and call you his friend. I think that would be a wonderful compliment. And if you're a stranger to him today, just listen to the word and ask why you would lay that on Brother John's heart. It might just be for you. You know, sometimes you feel like an outcast or like lonely. And as I've said, some people do not even have friends. You know, we have a lot of acquaintances. We have people that maybe are acquaintances. We have people that are maybe close friends. I've really noticed it in our little church in the last two years, how some of you have made friends with others. And I often wonder where maybe you would have been today if you wouldn't have had that type of a friend or even a community that we can call one another friends. Isn't that wonderful? We have family sometimes, and family is good. And sometimes you're close to certain members of your family, but sometimes your family aren't your friends. We have associates, you know. We have people maybe on our job or in school or university, or maybe it's a neighbor. Uh, maybe it's a work partner, and you would say they're my friend. It's, uh, you know, your neighbor isn't the same as maybe a believer person. We call people pals. You know, they're my pals. I'm not just speaking about that uh, only because, you know, if you look in the scripture, you know, Jesus called Judas his friend. In Matthew chapter 26, when Judas had given him a, what they say a Judas kiss in the garden. So I'm not just speaking lightly about the word friend. That word friend can mean like a comrade or like a mate or like a partner. I, I wanted to go a little bit deeper than that today. You, to talk about uh, friends in a much more intimate way as we would. We have different groups that we have. We say they're my friends. We have a community. Uh, uh, even our little church is a community. Um, some families are closer than others. Some of your families are close. You have close friends, maybe. But then I've heard the expression, oh, they're just a distant relative. They're just distant. And sometimes you can be closer 
to people that's uh, around you in a certain way than even a blood brother or a blood sister. I'm, I'm glad today that we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I was thinking of Brother Branham's family when you speak about friends. Even in this first message, Faith is a Substance, he talked about his wife and, and his little boy that he hadn't saw for some time. He said, when I left the airport, they were clinging onto me saying, don't go, don't go. And the doctor was saying things about Brother Branham's health. And if he kept on the rate he was going, that, you know, he wasn't going to live long. I thought of Brother Branham's family and how they sacrificed for us, even uh, that are in this building today. They sacrificed uh, for us so that we could be a friend to God. Yeah. I think that's maybe taking it to another level, isn't it? That, you know, Brother Branham had friends. I'll just say this. Not to be negative, but if some of you knew some of the people that Brother Branham called his friends, you might be offended. Some of them turned out to be people that weren't even holy. They weren't even righteous people, but he called them friends. And even right up through his last service, I was listening to some uh, in the last couple months of his ministry this week in a certain place and, uh, that he was uh, visited, and you would never know that Brother Branham, what he knew about what was going on uh, privately, and he called some of these people his friends and actually said some very um, accrediting things to them about their lives publicly. I, I think of this sometimes about Brother Branham. Uh, are you with me today? I, I'm just speaking about friends because sometimes, you know, our spirits can get cluttered up with the world, and what they call friends is not really friends. I don't believe that friends stab one another in the back. I don't believe that a true friend, and let me just say this today, maybe there's someone here or streaming. I know people from Nigeria are streaming. Brother um, Nowakowski let me know that some are greeting us from uh, Nigeria, Africa. You know, maybe there's someone in our church that needs a friend. Maybe, maybe Brother John heard the cry of a sheep that was in trouble saying they needed a friend. They needed a confidant. They needed someone they could talk to. That's what a friend is. Someone that you can confide in. You can share things with. But I wonder today if how an area that I can do better in and maybe some of you is to listen. A friend listens. I wondered this week how much the Lord wanted to go like this to hear our prayers and hear our faintest cry. From the waters, He would lift you out of your trouble and dilemma. I wonder how much of a friend the Lord wants to be more to us, but we're just kind of keeping Him like this. We, our friends are more maybe a device. Maybe our screen time is more of a friend. Maybe we hold things closer to our hearts than what we should. Even a mechanical... God has never called a mechanical device to preach the gospel. It was always men and women to carry the gospel. Friends. He's called you a friend today. He called Abraham a friend of God, as we've shared this already. Last Sunday, I mentioned this quote. I wanted to just speak about it just a little bit again as, as I'm start, starting today and, and speaking. Brother Branham was saying this as the hour. He was just starting the message following the seals in the morning. 
the world is falling apart. It was the first recorded sermon after the seals. And he's talking about it being a crucial time. And as far as my part of speaking to the people, he didn't want it to be nervously and thinking that we have to hurry out. And we pray that you'll quieten our minds a few moments. I think it's maybe good the next Sunday, as we spoke last night on standing still, to just maybe allow the Lord to quieten our minds a few moments and just listen further. And he said, I'll wait on you, Father, for these things. Maybe some of you will remember last Sunday, and I'm just going to spend just maybe four or five minutes on this introduction because I think it's part of a friendship to be still and to be able to stand still means to refrain from unnecessary commotion just to relax in Christ this is maybe some good counsel from the pulpit today to just let other things go and focus on him this is good for December too when everybody's running and frantically searching for gifts and lights and you know another charge or a better deal but sometimes we just need to Drop unimportant stuff and withdraw from carnal things and natural things that's trying to, like a little bird that would uh, grab at your coat or your skirt, to just let that go. Hit it off of you. Like, like the apostle did in Acts. Just hit off that viper. Throw it into the fire. Stand still. God wants to talk to you just a little bit. It means to abandon yourself to the Word and His presence and forsake wasteful things to achieve higher heights. I think sometimes it's good lessons as we're around one another to just learn from the Word. You know, this morning we're going to hear the Word. Tonight, Brother Steve is going to minister. Maybe more on the family. Tomorrow night we're having a Bible study. And I'm always challenged by what Brother Bynum talked about. The church will never live higher than what their church teaches, what their pastor teaches. And so, Brother John, realizing that I don't have all the gifts in myself, uh, we, uh, we have uh, brought Brother Steve Clark across the border, and, and he lives with us down here. And Brother Mark is a teacher. We have our Sunday school teachers. And, and, uh, and I said I'm sorry to Brother Michael Diaz today that he had so few in his class. I just think sometimes we're surrounded by trophies and men and women that really love the Lord. And we don't want to take that for granted. I'm glad today I'm not over in Palestine somewhere where there's being dropped, bombs dropped, you know, and, and babies are being born in hospitals without incubators or doctors or, you know, babies are going to come when they're going to come. No matter if you're in a war zone or in Bellingham somewhere. It's just true. Babies are born in times of trouble, but they're also born in times of peace. And I pray maybe our families could be more times of peace this Christmas. Can we all just say, Lord, let this Christmas just be different, you know. Let's just say, Lord, let's be friends to one another. Let's look around the, the table. Let's look around the church. My wife and I is already talking about ones we could have to our home that maybe don't have family. I think it's good to think like that. And, and maybe things that people have family and they have friends and they're strong. Maybe that's not the person that you always need to have around. Maybe it's the person that's the down and outer. Or the person that could never give back to you in a relationship. 
A real friend is someone that's able to be with another person and not get anything out of the relationship. I, I, I took you for coffee, or I'm allowing you into my life, or I'm meeting with you. I don't need anything out of this. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for a loan. I'm just here to be a friend to you. I think we need more people like that on the earth. We live in such a selfish age. Is that true? There's more takers in this generation than givers. There's more people that's looking for a handout or something. You know, what, what's in this for me? Then there ought to be real believers that are, are more spiritual than that. What can I contribute? What can I surrender? You want to do something for the Lord. Sometimes it's refraining from speaking. It's listening to someone else. Get alone and be quiet just a little bit. And if you want uh, from the scripture, it was Numbers 13. I'm trying to pass my four or five minutes and it's becoming longer. But Caleb stilled the people in Numbers uh, before Moses. And he began to speak positively to the people. But before they moved out in action, he stilled the people. And we found this out in Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God is a great lesson. It follows this from Genesis to Revelation that even the seventh seal was a half hour of silence. So sometimes the breaking of Christ or the breaking of the deep mysteries is not always just being wowed in your intellect, but it's being able to have the word come down to your level. This is what this church needs in Whatcom County. It's messages that are touching our daily lives. That is able to minister to the people. That's what a real message minister is seeking to do. Is to not wow the people. Or my audience today, there's some streaming, but you are my audience. And an anti-message tabernacle is what God has called us to be a part of today. So sometimes it's being still. And knowing that our God is God, God can lay something on your heart for someone else. For you as a mother, you as a father, how to approach this situation as a grandfather. Or maybe you're a visitor today and you're just searching. Maybe you're just looking for something out there. Does God even care about me? And this is a real vote of confidence that God sees everything about your life. And he's calling you higher to be his friend. In the message, Stand Still and in Saskatoon, it's a nervous age. What is it? Then I give this solemn warning to the church, Stand Still. God always commands to stand still before He does anything. The church is in a neurotic a stage. It's a neurotic age, but stand still. Now that's the message. It's amazing how we can have last Sunday, our title was Stand Still, Two words, and if we didn't think that was simple enough, the next Sunday, God put it into one word. Friends. Good morning, friends. Good morning, friends. I mean, what else do we want to hear? Do we want to hear the clang of a jail cell? I wonder about the man on the cross that had been a thief or a robber, maybe murdered someone, and we would maybe look at them and say, you're a bad, evil person. I don't have time for you. But that wasn't the heart of Jesus. 
right down to the very last breaths and the seconds of his life, Jesus was reaching out to a man that was not worthy. And I wonder sometimes our, our lack of spiritual judgment of the situation could be very carnal when Jesus is asking us to be like him, to be like Jesus. On earth, I long to be like him. Let's take a good example of his last minutes of his life, and, and especially to this person that is not worthy of our friendship. He's not worthy of salvation. I'm talking about the thief on the cross. That if someone does not extend mercy, he's about ready to go into the regions of the lost with the other thief. But somehow in the chemistry of words and in the chemistry of a person's heart, he said the right words. He said the right thing. There was something about this person that brought him into where Abraham was. The friend of God, Abraham... And all the Old Testament believers that were righteous because of their believing forward for the blood, here's Jesus on the cross shedding his blood. And this isn't in my notes. I'm preaching by divine inspiration. Here's, here's Jesus on the cross, and there's a man right next to him being saved by that blood comes bursting into paradise with Abraham and all these people from the Old Testament. He's not worthy. You and I probably wouldn't give him a second chance. Especially if he murdered your mother. Or your auntie. Or a deacon in our church. Or a trustee. Or our pastor. You'd say, oh, I, I, no, no. But he's being promoted into another dimension. I would say that's grace. God's calling his church today to halt. Stand still. Don't be jumping and running. Not knowing what you're doing. Come back to the word. Come back to Christ. Before Joshua could speak, Caleb had to still the people first. Get them quiet. Stand still. Don't be running here and running there and jumping at this and jumping at that. So I take that as the words today in another message, Chicago. And this is the last part of this as we turn the corner now and come into today. How Joshua and Caleb, they stilled the people. And, and they were stilling them from all the noise and the chatter, the sideline chatter, from the noise of through the week, and uh, the pressures of life, and finances, and our issues, and my situation, and my family, and my children. God's trying to get us to where we're not so selfish anymore, where we can look into His face and say, Lord Jesus, you know I need you. I, I want to be a friend of God. I want to be like Abraham, but I also want to be the type of person that's extending grace and mercy to people that don't deserve it. God help us not to be looking down today in our noses and murdering the homeless. I think that's horrible. That man this week was murdering homeless people. He's just going and shooting them in alleys and things. I think that's horrible. But in the message we can get so hardened and so calloused and it's almost like the next response out of us is, well, serves them right. Or I I'm sure that they did this and wrong. Well, you don't deserve anything better either. I would be an alcoholic. Brother John would be a drug addict. Brother John would be a thief on the cross, guilty of murder or this and that. I would be guilty of sexual sin. I would be guilty of, of a lot of other things. And so would you. And so would you. 
if it wouldn't be a friend came by our way and gave us another way, another chance, another opportunity. Here's blood that's greater than your whole past. And some of you still show that by how your attitude is that, that you're not there yet. And maybe I'm not there yet. I, I have to look at myself and say, could I be a better friend? Could I be a better friend? And maybe we need to be still before the Lord and be still in His presence. Stand still today and ask the Lord Jesus why He would lay this on Brother John's heart to say, one word, friends, almost to the point of being misunderstood or considered shallow. I just say, Lord, help us to stand still and minister to the needs of the people. This was the first verse that came into my mind when the Lord laid this service on my heart. I could tell you where I was and where, what I was doing when he put that into my mind. This was the scripture Proverbs 18, verse 24, that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now, this is a little deeper than some of you may be thinking in your mind, a friend or friends and to be friendly. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So it's a different relationship than Jesus calling Judas friend. It's much more intimate that a man that hath friends, if you want to have a friend, you must be more friendly. I don't want my words to sting. I want them to come to your heart. A friend is someone that listens and they bear burdens with you. Sometimes you think you're bearing this all alone. Well, maybe God could change your behavior and you could... Pick up another friend. Maybe there's someone that is empty. Their gift isn't being manifested and they're just waiting for you to come along. They have something that you need. And it's not money maybe. Maybe it's not a million dollars. Maybe it's not paying off your mortgage. Maybe a friend is someone you can speak to and it's a companionship. I like these words in Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many agree that's a real friend? I, I am a friend of God, but that's Him speaking back to you. Regardless of whether you're faithful or not, He took the vow at the altar. I have a ring right here. And I took a vow in Australia going on 32 years ago, I think, that I would be faithful. And that I would be a, a lover to a person. How many know that Jesus Christ made that vow to you? How many know that? He made the vow to you. In sickness or in health. It doesn't mean, friends, that as long as you're faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. That, that's the world's uh, view of marriage. And, and if I find out that this is going on, I'm going to just, you know, oh my, and you leave the relationship. Well, you took a vow too. So God doesn't throw you aside. God's not throwing you to the world and just saying, oh, have at her, have at him. That might be your attitude, and that's why you run away so fast. Because our, our conception of friendship, my, this is a deep message today. 
Our conception many times of friendship is how we respond when we do go into air. When we do realize I'm, I, I've made a mistake is we tend to run. Get away from God. Get away from His presence. Get away from church. Get away from spiritual people. It makes us feel convicted. I want to remind you today that He made the vow to you and I that He's going to be faithful. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So if you've gone away from Him today, I have a real short ser sermon for you. Just come back to Him. Or if you've gone away from a friend that you were you wronged them, you were harsh, you were rude, you you were out of order, or even a spouse. There's things that happen in life amongst people and friendships and relationships and marriages and even in churches. There it's just things that happen in life, and we find out, friends, that we could do better. We could be a better friend. Maybe it's not all lost. Maybe God hasn't thrown in the towel on you after all. Maybe you have some good years ahead of you. I'm speaking hopefully today. Amen. I'm speaking positively. After we are calm and after you can speak into a womb that's not fluttering and nervous and running around, when, when God gives you grace, then you can give grace. When God gives mercy to you, you can give mercy. I'm always sensitive around people that are cutting off everyone and judgmental and then they get legalistic about everything. I, I, I don't, I'm not looking and hearing so much what they're saying and doing. I'm saying there's something deeper that's wrong here. Something's not right. It's the person. Something's inside of them is why they're so venomous, is why they're so poisonous. Why is their rope so short for other people? Usually, nine times out of ten, it's because their own rope is very short. They, they're falling short. They're, they're in weakness. They're in a time of, and I say, God, be a friend to that person today. Yes. Brother John's being a friend to you right now. Yes. Thank God. I'm being a friend. Yes. By speaking things the Lord laid on our hearts. Yes. That is more of the need for the hour. How many would look at this scripture? A man that hath friends must show himself friendly and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When you speak about friends, it's another person. I'll go into that just in a moment. In Shreveport, this is 1965, Job had some friends. We call them, you know, Job's comforters or Job's comforters or friends. But Job had something wrong with him. But he couldn't get the inspiration on him. And it was worrying him. He said, when you get into that kind of a fix, that's when the enemy moves into every friend nearly you got. And they begin to accuse him. Oh, it must have been a miserable thing for him to know his friends that accused him. Satan then goes and joins himself with the enemy. That's when Satan comes in. Let me have him. And I'll make him curse you to your, I'll make him deny his message. Did he say that? I'll make him deny his message. I'll make him curse you. I'll make him go back and say it was all wrong. I wonder if the devil has said that about some of you here. I wonder if that's even th that voice gets into uh, Satan's uh, mouth, into his ears, and then it gets into some of your friends. 
I just stop right here and say, we need more spiritual friends among us. We, we need to do better in this area. Don't, don't become Job's comforters that were accusing him. If there was anybody that was righteous, it was Job. Would you agree with that? I mean, Job had friends, though. It was always pointing, you're this, and there's hidden sin. Surely there's things in your life. And, and, and then Satan, the enemy, jumps onto those words. This is how real it is. It happened to Job. It'll happen to you. Where they become like enemies. They, they say things and this and that and, well, you know, just curse. Those are strong words that there would come a spirit on you saying, just curse God and die. Or I'll make him deny his message. He's talking about the message. And I'll make him curse you. It's like the Lord said, no, I'm not going to let that happen. All his friends may, his wife may, but I will never forsake him. I tell you, somebody might be there today. You might be on the cliff of humanity thinking just exactly these thoughts. And my, there was thousands of quotes. There was 3,571 times Brother Branham mentioned friends. And I just thought, Lord, but help you to select certain things that I could say this morning that would be exactly what somebody needed. That a sister could say, that's exactly what I needed, Brother John. That a brother could say, I needed that simple message. Ooh, sometimes we need to take a step back and breathe a little bit. And sometimes we need to take a step back from being so intense. And just say, I want to stand still in your presence, Lord. So much noise. I think some of our mothers are heroes and troopers. Hey, man, I, I had three grandchildren at my house today. And, I, and I'll just say, all you mothers deserve a huge plaque. Amen. You, you deserve all kinds of accolades and bowing and amen today. You deserve a free lunch and all years of eternity if God bless you. Amen. And my wife was trying to protect me from all of the things that children do. But you know here, that's why you have children when you're young. And I had a good sleep last night and good rest and everything. I'm just saying, Lord, help us in this time of trouble all the great men and friends that he used to have. But Job stood flat-footed, for he knew he had heard God's voice. How many know what flat-footed means? Right here. You're standing flat-footed when you've done all to stand. And maybe it's negative news you got. We had some positive announcements today and a prayer request by Sister Becca. God, be with that young heart and give it a new heart if that would be. God can create a new heart. And there's going to be things we go through. If time would go on, there's going to be things that happen that really traumatize you and can shake you to the core. I want to encourage you today. Stand flat-footed. Stand there. God wants to back you up. God wants to be your friend at those moments. Oh, God, help tomorrow night. Now, Brother Branham's preaching here in Shreveport, but he's conveying what he was going to speak in wings of a snow white dove. God, help tomorrow night that I can get that wings of a dove. Maybe some of you feel like you need wings. Amen. I wish I could fly away from this. No, no. He's talking about the very answer to his whole lifelong issue. 
This is the end of 1965 in November, less than a, a month before he's taken. And he's going to bring on the wings of a snow white dove. The very thing that has haunted you for all these years was, that, was just this long. It's jumped into a cactus and it's not going to bother you no more. It's not going to bother you no more. And in just a few weeks, he's gone. It's like, my, that's not fair. He lived all his life. And in just a few weeks, he's gone. No, I think it, it's, a, it, it's actually a, a vote of confidence for you today that God's on your case. He knows all about it. And that, some, that spirit that has haunted you for years, it's only that long. It's just a little thing to God. And if you want to be a friend of God, you've got to agree with when he talks to you. You, you can't be looking at him with, uh, I don't trust you. I don't trust men. I don't trust women. I, I don't trust churches. Well, if we're going to get in a rapture, we've got to go beyond that. That little something could be this long. I hope he's not talking about our tongue being that long. Broad tongue, long tongue. I'll include everything. No, help us, Lord. Maybe there's another brother in the church that has gone through what you're going through that could really help you. Did you all have a nice Saturday yesterday? I looked out my window and it was sunny and I was thinking of our church. I was thinking of you. But what was in the back part of my mind, Brother Albert, I was wondering if maybe there was someone in our church that was going through a Saturday that was lonely. Maybe there's someone that has, is being haunted. Somebody just feels like the devil's after you and he's almost got you. And I was thinking about that, Brother Steve, yesterday. Here I am in my study and I'm preparing to preach a message on friends. And what was in my mind was, is it possible that one of our sheep is troubled today? They're, Satan's playing mind games with them and they're losing. Satan's the aggressor. He's the offender. And he's hot after somebody that's, that's all alone or feels like they are. And there could be someone else very close that could help them. That could actually say a word that would help you to look from the other side. My, I got a video today of Belarus and Lithuania and some of the brothers and went over there, the majors from Poland. They went over to Belarus and Lithuania this last couple days and it was snowy and it was icy. And I woke up today to Germany just being pounded with snow and ice. I thought, of my, you can just be a few hours away. And uh, are you listening? Here, we're, we're in comfort and it's warm today. Is everybody warm enough? And just a few hours... Some of our believers could be in, a, in, in just an ice over, just totally underneath, maybe not having service. Or, or a person can get so clouded over and covered with a situation that's very close to you. A believer, a good person. And maybe the Lord wants to open up and give you help to be like on the wings of a dove where you could hear the voice of God that would say something that would help. I have on the screen here some scriptures that might help out and this is just in the book of Proverbs. Just one place in the scripture 
One book of the Bible where it says the poor, Proverbs 14, 20, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor. But the rich hath many friends. Let me remind you though, if you're rich today, when you come down to the last breath of your life, whether it's by sickness or whether by an accident, none of your friends can help you cross over where we need to go today. You might have a lot of friends, a lot of money. You could buy the hospital. You have enough money to buy the hospital. But if there's a disease or a condition that's plagued your body and is about ready to take you, we need a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let's not hate our neighbors, friends. Proverbs 16 says, A forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. It's like we've worked on this. this is, we're close and, and we're chief friends, but you just have a little whisper come along. You have a few texts or a few pictures or, you know, get, get knocked off a certain chat or this going on, somebody say something. It will separate. It will divide. And the Bible's given us a few verses of wisdom to help us in our friendships. Here's a couple more. Proverbs 17. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends or close friends. You just repeateth a matter. You, you, you know, some of you think it's so righteous to just let everybody know. And the Bible's telling us very clear. That's not the righteous path. Say, so give me a good example. Brother William Branham was a good example. He knew a lot about a lot of things. He knew a lot about a lot of people. Yet you would never pick that up in his attitude and spirit. And, and I would say, God, help us to be better. To repeat a matter will separate friends. Keep it to yourself. Ask the Lord what would be the best way to approach this. Bear burdens of others instead of just shouting it from the mountains and shouting it. You notice Brother Branham, sometimes he was so much of a gentleman when it came to a sister on the platform. Y'all know this is true. He would just sometimes, you know, shield it. Can I say it? Can I say it? It was something personal. It was a blood issue. It was time of the month or menopause. And he would just say it's so personal. It's private. We have a mixed multitude, a mixed audience today. These are things that are actually virtuous. I said it's virtuous. I said it's virtuous to, to listen to what you're saying and, and ask, would you be a friend to this person that's saying all these things? Well, And if the answer is no, then pull back. Refrain yourself. Say, God, help me, Lord. A man that hath friends in our opening scripture deserves to be repeated. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. If you're writing notes, just to include this in there. When it talks about friends, friends, and it's plural, that means companions or there's another person involved. It, it's not self-love. Listen real close right now. Say, I, I'm a person that's very friendly then I would say you're not selfish. I don't want to hurt anyone, but if you don't have a friend and you're always a person that's breaking friends, friendships, maybe you need to come back. Maybe you're being selfish. Maybe it's how you're coming across. 
Maybe you have a lot of love. Maybe you have a lot to offer, but it's what you say and how you say it. And you say, I wonder why I don't have friends. Or I, want, I need a friend. Well, maybe it's God's tried to give you friends. But a, a friend is someone that there's another person involved. Right. It's a fellow. It's a companion. Yes. And if you want to go deeper, this word friendly, a, a, friend, a man that has friends, is, is God helping anybody today? Yes. Is this helping anybody? A man that had friends must show himself friendly. If you want to go real deep into this word, when I was looking at it, it means, it comes from a word that means to pasture or to graze, to allow people to feed. And, and if you're going to be a shepherd or a leader, but it's also speaking about your family or your acquaintances of people that come like a flock around you. They want to feed from you. They want to they pasture around you. They want to listen. They want to feel safe. I pray this church would be a safe place. Amen. And I know what I'm talking about right now. As your pastor, this church is declared a safe place. It ought to be a safe place where our children can come and not be just harshly thrust to the side or spoken down. We ought, this ought to be a safe place for a brother or sister that needs help or needs counsel. This is a safe place. Then treat it like a safe place. Treat it like a place you would want to be around and you would want to come and worship and you would want to be there in the ministry and to pasture. Make sure that the church you're going to is a place that you are creating to be a pasture that you would want to associate with and be a friend of those people, to be a companion, a special friend. You've got to show yourself friendly. Proverbs 19 says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. And Brother John knows this to be true. That's why I have a lot of compassion for poor people. And poor isn't always in money. It could be poor in spirit. I have a scripture for that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So just make sure your nature, however you've been wired, is more like Jesus than your family strain or maybe like your father. Let me just say this very clearly, even to message fathers. We're not perfect. And just because we're in the message don't mean we always have it always right. We stumble. We fall. We go too fast. It's like going too fast in the Walmart parking lot. If you go too fast, you're going to bottom out and have sparks. And, and I'll be real to you today. I hope this is okay. We have sparks with our children or our teenagers or with one another. Sometimes it's because we're going too fast. Slow down. Slow down. Stand still. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Proverbs 19 says, all the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. Y'all are kind of quiet right now. But you watch a poor person, a person that don't have a lot to give. They, they don't have a lot to give as a gift. They don't maybe have a lot of gifts to contribute to the church. And they just kind of feel like they're being pushed to the wall. I'm elevating you today. 
The, the very character of Jesus was is to go to those that are, that, that are missing or that don't have a table. Don't always be sitting at those that are dressed always nice and the upper tables. That's the scribes and the Pharisees. They always wanted to be seated up there with the big, the big givers and the big honchos. This church don't have big honchos. I ought to know. This church don't have a big honchos. We're not stroking the back of a lot of big givers in our church. We're poor people. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those that don't have much to give. Man, this is a good message today. Amen. Blessed are those that are so condemned, they don't have a lot to worship. And they're not clapping their hands like this. We say, let's all give the Lord a clap offering. And they're like, what? I need to be lifted up off of this trial I'm going through. I mean, give the Lord a hand clap of praise? That's the last thing in my mind. Well, let me say something today. That's what this church is for right here. Say, I don't contribute. I don't respond very loud. That's okay. God's given you a song leader or ministry or somebody else that can play an instrument or be the strength when you're down. Like I mentioned about Brother Bill Lamb. He's 69 years old. He's about the last person that should have the vacuum cleaner around here. But when I asked him, it was like within seconds they respond and say they want to do it. It's part of their giving. May this church be filled with people like that. We're givers, Lord. We, I'm looking for a place I can give. I'm looking for an opportunity. What can I do for the Lord? Some of you are sitting around doing nothing for years, and it took COVID to get you out of your little living room and your little streaming, get you off your backside, your little pajamas with your little coffee. That's not worship. You weren't worshiping God. You become stagnated and formal, and God said it's time to wake them up. Let's give them a church. Let's give them a place to serve. Let's give them a safe place. Let's new friends. People that you don't even like. People that you disagree with. I'm looking at some of you. Amen. People that are so off the wall and come in, they just grate you. You know, their first words put you off. And you want to get away. That's sometimes the very thing God allowed into your life. They'll never be my friend. I'll put up with those people. Really? You think God's, he's going to laugh at you. He'll put you right next to them on your future home if you're not careful. Are you serious, Lord? I gave my whole life to you. Couldn't you put them way over there on Hallelujah Avenue? God says, no, I have a good sense of humor. They're going right next to you, brother. Hallelujah. Smile a little bit. Amen. Well, just give me a cabin on the hillside far away, and God just puts this person right next to you. For eternity, Brother Steve. For eternity. It's like, seriously? And you go walking back down to the front desk saying, I want another room. And the Lord just kind of looks at you and says, yeah, yeah. Do you want the alternative? <laughs> I'm at, do you want the alternative, the hot place? I don't mean to be, sometimes you got to just preach the word, amen. The choosing of a bride in Los Angeles, this is again his last year, the Lord expressing about a bride, about a family, about holiness, about mine. In Los Angeles, he said, I get up here to preach, 
I, you know, I'm not a preacher, but I, with this my Kentucky grammar, his and hate and all those words, so I can't say as what we call a modern preacher of today. I, I couldn't take that place because I have no education. So I guess it don't really matter then when it comes to the things of life if, that are the real things of life. Don't, don't anyone say Brother John said this when I didn't say that. I'm talking about the main things. But the next paragraph says it. I do like to express what I know about it to others or what I feel that I know about it to others, how I've learned it, how he is to me. My, we could stop right there, Cynthia. How, how he is to me. Right, Sister Renee? How he's been to me. Could I sit down next to some of you and say, how has the Lord been to you? How has the, anybody got any complaints? How's the Lord been to you? Say, those people? Man, my family, brother, my, my family. Yeah, but you can't say that about the Lord. True? So, the one thing about the holidays that we, we got to be around so and so and uncle this and auntie this and we just got to be there. Put the face on, go in there and you got to hear about all of this stuff and, you, and you're looking for the nearest door sometimes, you know. And, and they say, good th here's some good counsel about these holiday times. Don't talk about politics. That's always where, why does it always go there? The price of gas, the this and that, and everybody's talking about this and division. Before you know it, everybody, you know, auntie's huffy. How do we get on these things? We're, we're talking about being friends. He, let's talk about Jesus a little bit. He's all my life. All that I could ever expect to be. And so much more than I ever thought. My, what a friend we have in Jesus. This sounds like somebody I could be a friend with. So much more than I ever thought that I'd ever have a friend hardly on the earth when I was a little boy. But I certainly am thankful for great friends today. I'm going to challenge every person in this room. You say, I don't have any friends. Be careful. God's trying to bring people around your life that could be a friend to you. And I think some of us are being too much of our flesh. We, we get back in a rut of our little staleness and our little strong niff way we are. And, and we say, oh, that's the way I am. Well, you need to die to yourself. God's trying to bring a friend to you. He's trying to allow people to be close to you. I'm thankful for friends today. I'm thankful to be in a room of people that I know love Brother John. And I love you, that I, I'm willing to speak a message like I am right now and know that someone needs a friend, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And that we could be a friend to you. Not a Judas kiss, not, oh, how you doing, mate? And then talk about me in your car and murder me to your children before you eat lunch. That's not a real friend. That, that's not a real sheep. Here, here's a few more verses before we go if you just want to look up the word friend. Just friend. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, My son, if thou wilt be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken 
thy hand with a stranger? Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go justify what you why you did what you did. Say that go on and give go on a rant about how good a guy you are and what you gave them for their birthday and they never get and just go on a long rant. Is that what the Bible says? Go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend or just make sure there's money in the bank, he would say. I can say this to you. You know, we need to be better friends like that to one another. We need to listen, and we need to bear ye one another's burdens. That's called putting money into the bank, because there will be times you need to say something strong. A, a friend isn't always a person that just strokes you, uh-huh, uh-huh. They're called yes men, or yes, that's not a good friend. I'm here to tell you. You don't need people, a bunch of yes people around you. You're the greatest. You're just so wonderful. That's not a real friend. This is the church listening today. Church people hate that in churches when they say the pastor just has around him a bunch of yes men. Well, God help us not to have a bunch of yes men around us. We have some friends and people that's willing to say the opposite. Or say, have you considered this? Have you considered we have our service on watch night from 10 o'clock till midnight and we have some elderly in our church and we have people that are going home that late as a drunkard's out there. Have you considered, Brother John? We need that. Does everyone understand? I... Okay, so if you've lost a friend, go be humble about it. At least admit you could have done better or... I hope all of you have a, a lot of friends. I hope all of you have someone you can confide in. I really do. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You're going to have adversities in your life. Make sure you have someone that you can call a prayer partner. Or a person that you can just... Put all the cards out on the table and they can still love you. And their next phone call isn't to the deacon or to the police. Or to the gossip person on the chat. You know, or the per I just want to give a prayer request. Sometimes just keep your mouth shut. Is, does that person really want their personal need to be known to everybody? And on the internet? Probably the answer is no. So people bottle up things. They hold things. They, you know, let's just go through this. You know, let's, and friends, it gets that way sometimes. That's why sometimes we need services where we don't have the internet. Or we need meetings where we invite people to come from outside our church like last Sunday night. And, and people can come and feel safe and feel loved. God bless you last Sunday night. It wasn't streamed, but we did more for this local area than if we would have had a service in this church. There's people that came to, is this okay? Yeah. I'm giving you a, a blessing. People came to last Friday night's uh, gathering that would have never came to this church. Right. Never darkened the door of this building. Yet they'll come to that type of meeting. Yeah. Say, so then we're not going to have those type. No, we need to have more of those type of meetings. Yeah. Who said they had to come to our church? Right. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. By the way, Brother Solomon, we'd like to have another singing night.
Amen. I meant to contact you this week, January or February. We would like another singing night. Amen. Can you put that down, please, brother? And we'll, let's have a singing night. And let's have some people from the local church singing. Uh, if we need to invite some in, that's fine too. But I think it's good sometimes. A man void of understanding striketh hands. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, give me that. Yeah. Drug addicts do that. People at the mall do that. They strike hands and that, that's not real understanding all the time. Don't be always making deals under the table. It's between me and you, okay? Well, that's fine. But if it goes sideways, it ain't going to be under the table, is it? No, the whole world's going to know. Then it's not under the table. Whew. Say, where are you coming from? I'm coming right from the Word of God. A man void of understanding striketh hands and becometh surety in the presence of his friend. Proverbs 18, is this okay today? A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. My, we got that back in, into this too. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend. A love for another. Love for God. I think God's expressed his love through many of you today. And I want to thank the Lord for that. Then be a friend for somebody else. I'm quoting today. Amen. Be lovely. Be lovable. I'm speaking nice words today. Be a friendly person. Well, the problem is everybody else. Well, maybe not. The Bible says if you want friends, you've got to be your, show yourself friendly. Well, they're going to have to come on my terms. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty narcissist and egotistical. Everybody has to be like you and believe like you and... That's horrible. Brother Branham didn't even believe that. He didn't teach that. Paul didn't teach that. That's not in the scripture. Say, well, you got to be this way. or, or, or Where's the frustration coming from? Be like Jesus. I love you in spite of how you treat me. That, that ought to be like Jesus was. Nail me to the cross, and in a few seconds, I'm going to be in, in paradise releasing all those Old Testament believers. By the way, there was a lot of angels sitting around on those tree limbs saying, just one move of his finger and we would have let him down. Yeah. It was God's love for you and I. Somebody give a shout of praise God right now. God. That's what your prophet said. On every limb of the trees were angels sitting there. Just waiting for a little finger. Get me down off of here. Just a little whisper. Get me down off of here. I tell you, heaven disappointed the angels that day. Hallelujah. But the sinners all rejoiced. You and I rejoiced. We became a friend of God. You and I came out of hell into heavenly places. Don't you want to go there today? Where, Good evening, friends. Good evening, friends. And the words that come from him is just like, wow. Incredible, Brother John. You don't know what I was thinking this past week, but the Lord laid that on your heart when you were going into the post office? Yes, about friends? Well, that was for me, Lord. I received that, Lord. I, I, I need that friendship. I need to be more lovable. I need to be more lovely. As we come to the end of the service, not the end of our notes, but the end of the service. Proverbs 19 says, 
Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. We see that all the time, don't we? He that loveth pureness of heart, Proverbs 22, for the grace of his lips the king shall be his friend. Proverbs 27, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Is that what the Bible says? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Because they can say something to you and they got money in the bank. They can pat you on the back, but they can also take you aside and say, have you considered this in your life? Say, I'm never going to, you're not my friend. And you so, well, be careful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Say, Brother John, I surround myself with people that just, I feel so cozy and warm and everything I say. That's not even reality. Wake up today. You, you need a friend that can wound you. Oh, brother, I avoid that. Really? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Boy, this is good word today. Amen. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity. I'll just stop right here and say, you know why? Because you're going to spew out a bunch of things that are probably negative at that time. Yeah. Be careful. You might say, God, forgive me, and he will, but you've just wounded another person. You just, you just spread a bunch of venom about somebody. And yes, you might be sorry and say, God, forgive me, but brother so-and-so heard a lot of things that damaged his spirit. Sister so-and-so did not need to hear that. Are you going to go back to her and say, probably not. Boy, this was a deep message today, I think, maybe. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. I think that's, a, that's true. Better is a neighbor that is near than a brother that's far off. Boy, that was a, a scripture we need to just take and say it's true. He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Lord, help us to have wisdom then. Can the church agree with me today? I, I, I had written down another place in Proverbs chapter 2 where it talks about wisdom and knowledge. And I, I wrote in my notes, this would be a good friend to have. Wisdom and knowledge. Discretion, to know when, to know how, to know what he wants done with the word comes from friends. I just want you to know that be mine, baby. That's a friend. That's him taking you into his bosom and saying, Oh, that would be a friend. Well, we wake up and say, Lord, help me today, Lord. Guide me today. Is this in my family? Is this in, our, in the message? Is this in our church, Lord? We pray a little bit. Maybe we'd get down and realize that the morning news is secondary. 
Stand still. Hear the word. It's very good for us. Let's stand to our feet today. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for even songs that we sing in the service that speak about friends. My, the world is filled with lonely people today. Oh, I was thinking of this yesterday, Brother Andy. I'm going to have you close the service, Brother Andy, in a few moments. But I was thinking yesterday, the world is just filled with a lot of people that are lonely and they're void. And it's void of love. They're void of forgiveness. They're void of virtue. They're so empty. They're so empty. They have nothing to give out. But, and I know that's true. But when it creeps in among us and we become empty... We become no virtue. We have nothing to give. Then we're in trouble. And that's the statue of a perfect man. That's when we need temperance. We need temperance to come back to its rightful place. As we bow our heads and Brother Solomon prepares that song, I want to ask the church today, would you join me in your faith to say, God, help me to rise and to be a friend of yours. I want to be a closer friend to you, Lord. I want live closer to you. I, wanna, I, I want to be called a friend of God. Abraham, a friend of God. But let it move into our service today that we can say, I am a friend of God. I love you, Lord. Help me to be a giver, Lord. And help me to be a friendly person, not unfriendly, not a friendless people, not a friendless church, but something that we have something to give. Help us, Lord, to be a friend to someone today. Help us to open up our hearts even this afternoon and tonight and this coming week. Let us be more aware of how we can be used of you in this area. Lord, I pray in Jesus Christ's name.